One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. That's... Yeah. They have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm the walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. What are you doing down here, you Johnny man? The crowd reaction at the full-time whistle at Lansdowne Road last night promised to tell a tale. Would the match-going supporters, who've largely been supportive of Stephen Kenny's efforts at his time in charge, turn on their manager after a fourth defeat in five Euro qualifiers? We never quite got an answer to that question. Because the PA announcer was in like a bullet. Freed free from desire, no? <laughs> Honestly, it was even quicker than freed from desire normally gets played in. A vital announcement, Murph. The score at full time, Ireland 1, Netherlands 2. The Football Association of Ireland would like to thank you for attending tonight's match. And by the time that sentiment reverberated around the ground, any show of dissent had quickly mm. fizzled out. Which leads me to believe the show of dissent mightn't have been that major in the first place yeah. if people didn't feel strongly and, enough to boo 10 seconds And later. also maybe that the... the FAI's PA uh, man had been put on high alert to oh, get yeah. in there as oh, quickly no, as sure. possible. Yeah, yeah that's a, you know it's certainly a, a reading of events, Murph. Yeah. Well, well done to you there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Things are looking bleak for the boss man, so we've called in our strongest selection of pundits: Ortiz, Richie Sadler, Virgins, Damien Delaney, together on the Second Captain's Football Podcast. How are you, Ken? I'm very well, though, and how are you? Uh, well, I'm great, because this is the beginning of a big week here at Second Captains. This Thursday at the Olympia, it's our 10-year anniversary show. <gasps> We're going to see a load of you there that night, and even if you're not going to be there in person, we will be releasing a very special recording for you to check out. Ticket holders, important to note, doors for the Olympia show are 6.30pm, with the show itself starting at 730 so doors 6.30 this Thursday night. Show starts at 7.30 sharp. Make sure you get there nice and early. And get your egomaniacs emails into editor at secondcaptains.com. We want to revive this much-loved slot on the biggest stage <laughs> oh, of all. Oh, we all do want. Can I just say how uh, absolutely uh, 100% behind this particular endeavour we all are? If you've had any awkward run-ins with any of our presenting team, now is the time to let us know about it. Subject title, egomaniacs. Get those emails in. As always, we'd love you to consider signing up to the World Service if you're not already signed up on secondcaptains.com for a five or a month plus fat. In the meantime, please do check out our Michael Sheen interview on RT Radio. Murphy had a lot of fun doing this a lot of the fun. other day. It was an amazing chat with Michael who as well as portraying Brian Clough in The Damned United was a useful footballer in his own right judging by this little adventure he had at, at, of all places at a Pontins holiday camp on the Isle of Wight. 
And there was this kid, I mean, he, he looked like an older man to me. He was probably 15, 16 or something, on holiday there with his dad and mm -hmm. a friend of his. And he had, they had a ball and I was, they started playing and we started playing around. And then we played in a kind of inter-Pontins team. Yeah. And then weirdly, there was a match set up between like a local team and a, and a Pontins team, which was not usually done. And I played in that. And unbeknownst to me, it was a match that had been set up in order to watch me play competitively and this kid this 15 16 year old kid was tony adams and his dad wow. was like a scout for arsenal at the time and it was his dad who had set this match up unbeknownst <laughs> to me and then at the end of it he went up to my dad and said look we'd like to offer him a place at arsenal at the youth on the youth team and i didn't i didn't know this i heard i overheard this when we got back off the holiday i heard my mum and dad talking to their friends in the front room and my dad said so you know i said well we can't come and live in London, you know, we've got the job here and we can't move down. So I don't think that's going to happen. I remember this sort of weird mixture of emotions, like so excited to hear that this had happened and this was what was mm. going on. But, you know, devastated that it wasn't going to happen. Unbelievable. He would have been better off not knowing. Well, no, he wouldn't have been because he wouldn't have given us that anecdote no. the other day. We would have definitely been worse off uh, yeah, if, if he, he had, if he had known. Maybe... Uh, listen, it worked out fine. As he as he says later in the interview, you know, he he was he was already on the slide at twelve. I so. am just gonna you know just drop it in there that it might have earned him quite a few points, Murph. In Do, no, spoilers no, no spoilers for those of go you listen who listen on the podcast. It's our final guest of the series of Second Captain Saturday, so you can go and listen to that now wherever you get your podcasts. Fucking shite, Kenny! Change it, Kenny! That's what the guy. What's this? That was a lot about four seats to my left. That's what he was roaring during the second half yesterday. So I would imagine if the PA announcer hadn't got in fast, he might he, have been. He definitely would have. He might have been booing there. Well. there. There were definitely boos. You could hear them. No, there were so yeah. There was and there were before smattering. the game as well yeah. uh, when his name was read out. You know, they're going through mm. reading out the team and when oh, the manager Stephen Kenny and there was a mixed yay and boo. Brano said on the way on the way to the stadium there was one lad trying to start a, uh, a Brano out. That would be a harsh chant. A <laughs> Kenny out chant, which just did not take off. Yeah. A lot of people probably feel the right thing to do is to move on, but I don't think anyone's going to go singing out of it. They're not yeah. going to go singing it from the rooftops. Yeah. No, it's not like, um, you know, the hated Stephen Kenny, you know, the, the a nation rises in anger. Yeah. It's just the reviled like, Kenny era. This just isn't happening. You know, it's just not happening. I mean, at least he had those 20 minutes. Oh, so ne much fun. Nearly mm. 20 minutes. It was, it was good, wasn't it? It was good. So it was good. Was good. <laughs> Honestly, that 20 minutes was among the most fun I've had at, at yeah. that stadium. He's given us that. Because we were actually playing very well, you know? Yeah. Like, this is the thing that, um, you know, it's always hard to remember when you lose. But we did play well in the first half. Um, there's a cost to the way we played in the first half. And I think we saw it in the second half. You know, the game lasts 90 plus minutes. Uh, I mean, Stephen Kenny was talking about, well, oh, you know, we played France on Thursday and it was hot and they put a lot into it. But they also put a lot into that first half, mm. you know. Um, and I think that, I think, I mean... There's a combination of things which have, have sort of all come together over a long period of time. You know, four defeats in five is no good. I mean, you're looking at it, you're like, well, we two of the games are against France and one of them is against Holland and, you know, you're sort of expecting to lose them. But, like, I to think, lose all. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, at some stage you have to just say, you know, we've run out of excuses, you know. that you Like, every single one of these results. You oh, you're gloating now. 
Absolutely no. Oh, oh, is this? This has been in. Oh, here we are. (laughs) Someone was waiting for me this morning. Oh, revenge is a dish best served two and a half years later. No, no, is that what we're doing? No, this is Luxembourg. No, I'm going to rise above the fray. I'm going to rise above the fray. I'm not. I'm not engaging with you here today, <laughs> which is going to make for a good podcast. Yeah, no, good. <laughs> Don't worry, we've got a great Richie Damien chat coming up. Yeah, if, so there's people will be engaging with that. No, I'm absolutely not gloating. But I mean, it, you know, the, so many of the results, there have been like one or two things that you can say at the end of it. But like four out of five games. No, mm, um, no that ain't it. Yeah, I, I mean, like performance-wise, this was good. You know, the first uh, the first half was was actually really good, and obviously we get the goal and uh, harsh enough penalty. But like we've, you know, no harsher, I suppose, than the one that was given away against or Calmo uh, got given against them in Greece. You know, these we'll, these are penalties. We'll take a now. little bit of luck. Yeah, yeah. Now and again, these these got given as penalties now. But then Van Dijk, I thought, was really having a rough time. Yeah. You know, looking so vulnerable and. Uh, Edith chasing him Knight was chasing him Van Dijk fell over at one point mm-hmm. I didn't see the foul no, I still no, haven't seen no. foul no you absolutely know? not Edith ran him down it seemed like to me like Van Dijk just stumbled fell over Edith's got it referee cancels the situation I mean it was already one all at that stage but you know these are these are kinds of kind of big moments you know there was another one where I think it was it may have been Edith or Knight Knight caught Van Dijk like on the ball and then there was the one where the goalkeeper like blasted it out of play ridiculously and that was a, it was a big cheer for that so everything is like yeah you know we're really uh, we're uh, putting them under pressure would putting that be them the under pressure that would come to our mind? press well we'll talk about the press you know mm. we, we don't really talk about pressure so much we'd say mm. pressing uh, <laughs> now but of course the thing that you got to look out for when you're pressing is the old counter pressing mm. so we let in a counter pressing goal and again, it was Van Dyke. It looked like it was going to be another bad moment for him because he pl- played this kind of lazy cross field. I, I say lazy. I mean, there was nothing, you know, I mean, he, he kicked the ball. Languid. It's Languid. the Van Dyke style. It was a sort of a, yeah, you know, why don't I just try knocking it over there and see what happens. And the ball floated across. Darty read it, was in, headed it, headed it straight to Gakpo. Yeah. Counter press. Uh, Gakpo. We, we've all started. We've, we've like, oh, we've won the ball. Move forward. Oh, no, we've lost the ball. Uh, Gakpo is now coming at us. And this was the moment, like, I mean, um, uh, Dumfries, uh, blindside run, uh, you know, Duffy doesn't know he's there, really, Duffy wants to get back towards the goal a little bit faster than the other two defenders, and that's the space, like, he runs, uh, Dumfries runs behind him, and Gakpo picks him out, and, like, Bazzini gives a penalty, it's not his fault, I don't think, uh, and that's the equalizer. And then, okay, after that, there's still there's still some good moments uh, in that half but then what happened was half time and this is where I think this was kind of a f- like it, it has a real final defeat end of days feel as they say yeah. <clears throat> yeah it's kind of so what happened was Ronald Koeman who is uh, you know it's not like everyone in Holland is like yeah you know we've got Koeman finally you know he's the best Dutch coach and nobody's saying nobody's ever said that he's had a perfectly respectable career but I don't get the sense he's mm. revered no one's ever like, you know, oh, Ronald, please, when are you going to retire? The Koeman School, you know, of yeah. coaching. Write your encyclopedia of football. <laughs> Tactics and Vizi. Uh, <laughs> Tactics and Vizi. No, no one is buying that. But Koeman makes two changes um, at halftime. Vakehorst comes on. Reinders comes on. Um, Fever, the midfielder, goes off. Danny Blind, who'd been playing left wing back, goes off. And they change the system. Daily Blind? 
Danny was playing left back. We really should have got at him. I'm very much on the edge. We concentrate on Virgil, ignoring Danny Blind. No, Danny Blind, and and so they changed their approach. Suddenly they've got the ball. Um, De Jong's getting on the ball all the time. We're kind of like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. We don't do anything. We don't mm-hmm. react. We did not react. And then they scored after 10 minutes of this. And there was nothing, you know? And, and that's, I think, I feel like that is a bad, that's a really bad moment for Stephen Kenny. It's like, that. that's what you, at halftime, it was like, this game has gone very well. You know, we've definitely, we're definitely giving them a tough game. There's really an opportunity here. Right, you're talking about we have to give the game of our lives, you know, blah blah blah. There's an opportunity here. This is this. These are the moments when it either happens or it doesn't happen. You know, you've got to actually do it yeah. when you get a chance like this. And instead, it was the Dutch who acted, and they got ahead, and they and they, you know, they were the ones who changed it. They were the ones who who did something, and we just people might say there's only so much impact you're going to have off the bench given the fact that Evan Ferguson was out injured and we a few other injuries actually after the other night and eventually his, the first hope he does make is Ryan Manning who's nobody's idea of a game breaker yeah uh, although but even that was a like for like substitution for a tired 34 year old player you know he's just, he, ha- he hadn't really changed the system I mean he, he talked about well we went 3-5-2 it's like you know 3-4-3 3-5-2 we're not it's not a you know, I think the clarity of the, of the thing wasn't there. We changed. There was a, there was a clear change um, 17 minutes from the end when um, Egan came off. Egan, you know, he'd been playing with his two injuries. Mm. And we went to back four. Uh, at that stage, there was no energy in the team. But, you know, listening afterwards to Stephen Kenny, and the, you know, the, nothing happened, really. The, the game just... Yeah, there was no... There wasn't yeah. the late barrage you're expecting. There was nothing. There was... There was uh, there was nothing there, and I think this is where, this is where it's difficult for Kenny. I don't think there's really any defense to be made of him here. Um, like tactically, the team isn't where it needs to be, and I'm not talking about you know in international football, you don't get that much time to work with the players. Although he's ha- he has worked with them quite a good bit this year. Remember they were they were off in Turkey and they Before were training Greece, here, yeah. you know. So so actually, there has been quite a lot of time by the standards of international football together for this uh, team. Um, but it's a question of reacting in games to what's happening. That's also really important, and that's what you can, that's what you can do. Gus Poyet did it to him in mm. in June, and now Kuman has. So we've 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 had successive games. Like Deschamps has got way better players everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. not really fair even to compare them. But in the, these games are a little bit closer. But we saw in each case a coach who's like, okay, we'll try this, and there was a definite plan which worked, and and our team having no response, and that's. Ultimately, you know that's what the, that's what the job is. That is damning, isn't it? It's a big it's a big part of the job. Now, it, just listening to him in the press conference, I mean, you, you saw the interview; it was, it was kind of sad, you know, because he he really seemed very down. Yeah. And I've seen him after a lot of defeats, and this is the this is the worst I've seen him. You know, I don't know if the FAI had had said, by the way, we'll need to have two points, or you know, mm-hmm. we we'll have to have a conversation. Uh, I don't know if he'd had information along these lines. I mean, he 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 said things like, you know, I expect we hear my contract is the end of the of the Euro campaign, which could be November, could be playoff in March, could be the Euros, could be the could be the final in Berlin. I don't know if the final is in Berlin. <laughs> you know, he could be getting crowned King of Europe at mm. the 
at the Olympic Stadium. You, you have, so you haven't booked your hotel, basically, is what you're saying. You don't know if, oh, no, I'm, I'm, if it's... I intend to go. <laughs> 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 Hopefully I'll be there. I'm not sure. Will you be the only Irishman there? Who knows? No, 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 no. There'll be, there'll be, there'll be Danny um, McDonald. Miguel. Miguel. <laughs> yeah. A fraction of an Irishman. So, uh, where, where are we now? <laughs> if England make it. Yeah, if England make it. Where are we now? Um, yeah, so th- this is just a clip uh, of him in the press conference where... Uh, he's being asked something like, you know, we did play well, but did, did you, the question was something along the lines of, did it hurt you to concede the goals the way we did or something? But but this was his response. Yeah, listen, with the first goal, I think there's always a, a gamble because we were so committed, like, no no one's going to play Holland like that, you know? I think um, in terms of, we, we committed man to man nearly, you know, in relation to, not, uh, you won't see any team trying to, play Holland as aggressively as that we knew it's a threat that we left space to you know for them to potentially exploit but it's either that or or concede the ball and drop into a deeper position so there's no halfway house you either have to concede the ball and drop deep and defend deep or, 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 or really go for it like we did well, there's a, there's a few things that struck me about it. I mean, first of all, you could say Shane Duffy was living in the halfway house of why don't I drop a little bit deeper than my defenders and create a zone behind our defensive line where where Dumfries is going to be onside. Mm. That was, you know, and that that was a pattern in both of the goals because if you, play, if you pick Duffy, and he picked Duffy, as he, he admitted in the press conference because he thought Vaghorst was going to play. Um, or, well, no, sorry. He didn't say he picked Duffy because Vaghorst was going to play. He said he expected Vaghorst to play. So Duffy was picked in the expectation Vaghorst would be there. You know, you can see a sort of a, a basic mm-hmm. logic there. But um, if you're going to try and play a very high-pressing uh, man-to-man uh, system against Holland, who have fast forwards and fast uh, wide players, do you want Shane Duffy in the team? And Duffy was involved in all three goals. You know, I have to. we have to give him credit for the fact that he forced the, the penalty as well. But... You know, his instinct is always going to be to take a step back. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to get caught with, with people running behind him. And and then in the second goal was just a disaster, really, from his point of view, because he he both plays the guy on side and then doesn't... He gets caught by surprise by Vaghorst coming from behind him to, to score the goal. So... You know, it was a it was a mess uh, from from that point of view. Of That's course, been ongoing as well. Like the Duffy thing, he's come back in. He's been in and out, obviously, of Kenny's squads. Mm. But when he's in and about, like he, obviously, there's a big temptation to play play Shane Duffy for the reason that he's a goal threat from set pieces and helps to create that kind of havoc. That issue of him not actually fitting in a Stephen Kenny team has been a problem all along, and maybe it's best exemplified at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I know it was, it's night. been a problem really. It, it's been a recurring theme through through the through time. I mean that's why he was sort of out well he was out also there was he had a slump in form yeah, you know, yeah. uh, himself. Um but you know I, I did find it a bit surprising that he was back in the team for these games because O'Shea was on the bench last night. You know on um, um, is on the bench. You know, it's not like these are massively experienced players in the way that Shane Duffy is, but Bamadeli particularly, mm. you, you think has the mobility to play a high line and not always want to be thinking, oh, do mm. I need to be a little bit further back here? But and, the, and remember this, that Duffy had been picked in the squad ahead of Oma Bamadeli. Yeah. You know, so like, it, 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 that wasn't a Veghorst related, or, you know, an exclusively Veghorst related selection. He'd already st- said that he preferred Duffy yeah. to Oma Bamadeli. Who, who, in fairness, was, uh, and the reason he gave at the time was Duffy's played all the minutes for Norwich and uh, Oma Bamadeli is not. 
uh, he's then since moved to Forest for like twenty million. Mm. Forest spend a lot of money on players. Who knows what they're <laughs> thinking? But you know, it's 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 a th- there's some reason why they've done that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But th- just to, to get back to the clip, there's a few kind of things he said which struck me. Number one, uh, or number one was the Duffy thing. There is no halfway house. I mean, there, unfortunately, there there was. Nobody plays Holland like that. Why not though? <laughs> you know, why are we the only team doing this? You know why there there is actually a reason for that, okay? So what is it now? I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do because clearly we got a lot of joy out of it in the first half, yeah. but there's a cost to it. There are costs to playing this way. Every way you want to play, there's going to be a cost. If you want to play, if you want to just defend your box and give, you know, don't leave any space and all that, the, the cost is it's going to be very difficult for you to score a goal, right? If you want to try and push up and and challenge their goalkeeper kickouts and like defend on the halfway line, there are a couple of costs. I mean, it makes you more likely to score. You know, it gives you more like a, a, a chance of getting a virtuous circle. Crowd excited, players excited, opponents collapsing. Oh, you know, mm. we're we're winning. We're winning. This is great. But also, you get situations like the goal that we conceded. You're more vulnerable to this type of thing, especially if your defenders aren't committing to the actual push up, push up thing. Which, if they had been, would have been offside, right? I mean, that's that's how you can get away with this. Um, but the other thing is. Are you going to be able to do this for 90 minutes? You know, are you actually going to be able to do it? And he was talking afterwards about the, the France game having taken a lot out of them. The first half. <laughs> what about the first half? What did, what that took out of them? You know, the, these are sort of... So it seemed to me as though he was almost looking for, like, style points. Like, you know, he was kind of saying, we've, yeah. we've gone out there with a really brave... People should admire the mm. way that we took that game to Holland, but it's kind of not really... It, it's like, yeah, but, like, you need to also accept the... Some of the realities. Well, it here. feels like you can do that in f- phases of the game. Yes, and then don't, and then and then back off. You know, that, that's what a lot. Of it depends if you're if you've got players like Pep Guardiola has, you can choose where you want to do it. But just I, I, well, a couple of things. There's, there was two ways to get it done. To capitalize on that early spree and the madness, the chaos that was engulfing that, and the, the keeper was dodgy as well. Yeah. So was, I love a dodgy keeper in the opposing uh, team. It just uh, makes you so, yeah, the crowd get into it, kicks the ball out of play, everyone's doing all that. And it does, it, it has to seep in. Mm. Van Dijk, as you were saying, was a little bit ropey. I was looking at Daily Blind as well going, what age is Daily Blind? Oh, he yeah. might not be Danny Blind's age, yeah, but, but he, he you've got to be able to get at him. Younger than Danny Blind. I, I felt you need, to, you need to either score a second goal during that phase or probably, as you're saying, as we're both, we're both saying here, just maybe lay off a little bit and find another way to play. Over yeah, the some, sometimes you have to you have to have a bit of flexibility like that. Unless you unless you're like my players are so super fit they can just do this. They're machines, you know. If 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 you've got that, then great. But we don't have that. So what are we going to do? You know what I mean? We can't just say, well, we tried this and that's the noble thing to do. And we once again we have died nobly. It's like. We're dead again, yeah. you know. <laughs> Just keep dying. Is there some way we can, uh, you know? Uh, even then, in, also in the press conference, so I think someone made the point. You know, we're here three years later, whatever. And Shane Duffy's going up for the last few minutes up front. You know, would you? Yeah, as a sort of. And he's like, "Well, I didn't tell him to do that." <laughs> no. So you kind of. He basically Duffy decided to do that himself, <laughs> but he but he kind of he rejected the implication that he had asked Duffy to do that. But again, you're like, why not? At that point, what? Why not? Would you? What? Why? Why wouldn't you? Like Duffy did the right thing there. Yeah. You might as well have him at that end of the pitch as the back end at this point. You know, we're losing. I presume Stephen Kenny was happy enough to see Shane Duffy go up. But but he wasn't. And even, there's nothing wrong with that either, by the way. But but it would, I thought it was interesting that he was like, oh, I didn't. You know, that wasn't my instructions. You know, you're kind of like, look, you know, it, there there is a kind of a 
he does have a, a, a kind of a very, he, he does seem overly preoccupied. And, and I suppose people will say, well, I mean, it's, it's not, have you just noticed this now? You know what I mean? <laughs> have you not been saying? Uh, no, I, I approve of, or have always thought that he's kind of moving things in the right direction. But you can't be absolutist about these things. You know what I mean? You can't just be like have an aesthetic disdain for the idea that, okay, okay, we're in injury time here. We're completely out of ideas. Players can barely move. What, how, what are we going to do? Maybe Shane Duffy can get his head on one. The way you're describing it there, he's taking ownership of the aesthetically pleasing parts of the performance. Yeah. And just... I'm not going to get my hands dirty yeah. with other stuff. If Shane well, wants to go up, yeah. listen, yeah. You know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not some kind of tyrant. Yeah, you know? no, I mean... I encourage freedom, creativity <laughs> among my players. You, you, you lads were obviously both uh, at the ground last night. I mean, Ronnie Whelan from about like 15 minutes out was saying, oh, you know, let's get Shane Duffy up there, you know, mm. which, and again, you know, it's probably not a bad idea for Shane Duffy to go up for the last five minutes and see if he can nick a goal. But honestly, when... It's not even the 80th minute. Yeah. Like, why not? Our, why our not Bazunu as well? Yeah, Irish football. Bazunu's a big lad. Yeah, Irish football's answer is to, like, just get Shane Duffy up there. Like, and this is after we've gone to a, uh, a back four. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, okay. I mean, maybe this is what Stephen Kenny has been fighting against, you know? Like, th- th- like this preoccupation with, like, he's a large man mm-hmm. and he's very good in the air. Let's just, like, pepper him with balls. I mean, mm. you know, honestly, that's. It, there were a lot of things that were depressing about last night, but obviously, but uh, like, but even having to, the the televisual experience being get Shane Duffy up there from seventy five minutes out, just being like, lads, come on, yeah, you know? no, I I agree. I mean, and okay, we obviously were missing a lot of forwards as he as he, I mean, even someone asked him, what do you think of Adam Eda? on the on the right side? Adam Eda played quite well, and he's like, well, obviously we were missing a lot of forwards. Uh, Evan Ferguson, Callum Robinson. I was like, just say he'd have played well. <laughs> like, you know, he didn't need to hear about all the guys who we should have had. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight of all nights, he did score a goal and have a good this moment. Is the nice, mean, this is the nice part of the shit sandwich we're currently <laughs> constructing on your behalf in this press conference. Here's a so bit of tasty just, crust before yeah. we get into the, the meat of the thing. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> look, anyway, it, it, it wasn't great. And I know we're going to talk in a bit more detail about what happens in those key what moments. happened in the key moments and also what the future is now as in the near term future for Stephen Kenny yeah well that's whether, what James McLean says whether it's, it's worth writing out these next few matches with him still in charge my feeling is that yes but I mean but it's but it has to do with it's more based on my feeling that Stephen Kenny should get his last couple of games Based on, I said this four months ago. What's going to keep uh, Stephen Kenny in his job? Politeness. Yeah, we're all just going to politely allow oh. him to to. No, not hope. There is no hope, but it is politeness. What about a combination of you use the word politeness? I say um, human, respect, human decency, and yeah. respect. You yeah. know, but I mean, politeness is human decency and respect. Um, a combination. It's not of a that. dirty word, you know. Politeness, kid. A combination of it's that. The modern world and your course. inability to answer the question that I'm going to pose, which is, who do you want to <laughs> like, replace Stephen Kenny? Who do you want? Like, it's football. It's quite popular. There are good managers out there. If we're going, I mean, do you trust the FAI to find that manager? This is a, the we we currently have an FAI that still hasn't managed to get a sponsor. And now you think they're going to find the right manager out there? Well, no, sponsor, no, that's a manager. Sponsors are for the number crunchers. The FAI is full of football men and women, right? So the sponsorship thing is there. That's for the business heads, the wonks, you know. But when it comes to football, 
Wonks, W O N K. Okay, yeah. How many, how many people who work in advertising and sponsorship have you met? <laughs> They're, is, listen, they're extremely wonk. smart people, and I've got a lot of respect for them. Okay, no, the, wonks. Yeah, wonks. Yeah, they're wonks. wonks. They're sure PR wonks. Them. Now, but when it comes to football matters, how do you spell it? W O N K. That's the second time I've spelled you it. You see, you notice this kind of the A being kind of lengthened a lot. Americans say things like Ronaldo and yeah, pasta. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if you, if that's how you were saying. <laughs> But I, I understand that you mean wonks. You're right? being a bit of a wonker about this, Ken, but that's neither here nor there. The, uh, I, but I, if, if you'll allow me to finish, yeah. if you'll allow me to finish, uh, I have absolute faith in the, the, <laughs> the, football, the football wonks at the FAI. He has absolute faith. To, <laughs> to come up with. Robbie Keane. Deserby. I'm not know? saying Robbie Keane, I'm saying for yeah, the, the, uh, the you, you never know. Deserby. He's got a very good relationship with our best player. Deserby, yes. I would definitely accept Roberto Deserby as yeah. the best manager of the Republic. We've had discussions. Too. See, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's like, it's it's not like, it's not a terrible job, you know, no, football-wise. It's, not. it's, it's um, but yeah, is it disrespectful to talk about this now I mean it is well, I, no, I, I, it, I was it, talking about respect a moment ago yeah. and here I am discussing who we could, who you know well I mean it is a logical thing when you're saying just, so yeah. one person is gone it's like have you got any ideas as to yeah. who might be the person who comes in we are I going mean, to talk football to the, is full of you know people with young managers with bright ideas I just want to correct mm-hmm. um, uh, Ortiz pundit uh, Dietmar Hamann Champions League winner yeah. uh, World Cup finalist with mm-hmm. Germany in 2002 and uh, you know a football man of of uh, supreme standing. However, yeah. he uh, I, I saw that he claimed in the TV you know, the, the analysis on RT that Ireland were the same age as France mm-hmm. in the sense in the sense of the football average team. age. Yeah. I assume he meant the average age. Uh, it's true. It's true that the average age. He didn't say average age, but he said we're the, we were the same age. But it's not exactly true. Though. Not exactly true. Sounds like you haven't corrected anything so far. I don't know if you read my Irish Times piece on Saturday. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of lists of ages. Oh, on oh. Saturday, no. Oh, oh, no I, I missed the one on Saturday. It's of ages. I take the weekend off. You know, I yeah. was walking around on uh, on Saturday, and I I walked. I was walking into a cafe, and I saw there was a man sitting outside the cafe at the table yeah. with the paper open, reading my article. <laughs> <laughs> and I so I I noticed that he was reading it, and then. Yeah. And then, as I watched, I, I kind of, I, I did. I won't say I, I stopped to sort of look yeah, over yeah. his shoulder, yeah, see what he was tutting or agreeing with. Was like I was, kind of, I was kind of trying to see what he was looking at, if you know yeah. what I mean. And I could see that he was looking somewhere in the middle of it. And as I watched, he suddenly just turned over the paper. <laughs> 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 he turned over the paper. The people have spoken. Yeah. Well, look, you know, okay. It's it's he was a bit like you, Owen. You know, you're like, oh, there's a lot of numbers here. Oh, I'm not sure. Mm. Okay, just tell us who's going to win the bloody game. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I told you it would it would be the Netherlands. You know, if he, if he'd read to the end, he could have gone and made himself some money. <laughs> you know, he, he I I actually read your article and oh, yeah. I I took a photo of the last paragraph. Yeah. And I was about to tweet it because I really agreed with it. And then I was like, that's really weird. So I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the last paragraph on, yeah. which you, did, you obviously didn't get to either, but it was just saying, this, this guy has done some good. We are, this, the work this guy has put in is going to stand to us. What was the point about the average ages? The point was, we, were, we had the same average ages as France, but all of their players, or most of their players, rather, were in the sweet spot. Like, the, say, say, if a football career lasts from 18. I think that was the youngest player involved in these games to 30, Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, well, he wasn't involved, actually. Um, to 36, Giroud was the oldest, right? Mm-hmm. If that's roughly it, you can divide it into three six-year periods 
18, 24, 24, 30, 30, 36. What section do you want most of your players to be in if you want to win a game? The uh, mid section. The middle section. Yep. You didn't even read the article. You already, you agree. But I'm, I'm on, I'm on your, I'm on your wavelength, Ken. I have been for years. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> France, the French team, Obviously, they're great players, but they're also all in the in their peak years. I mean, not not all, but they've got way more players in there than we have. We have players in either side and mm. very little in the middle. This is the thing that. What about the blend of youth and experience that everyone is looking for? Well, turns yeah, out you between twenty four and thirty. You want a blend. Youth, uh, the, uh, you want experience. a blend of youth and experience. You don't want just youth and experience. <laughs> like all in water, old men and young boys. Yeah. That's what we've got. We we have like a a, a crater in the middle of our mm. team. And that's been our problem. So what I mean is the, the reason that I take issue with uh, Dietmar Hamann's point is that it is technically tr correct what he said, but I think it disguises the reality that, you know, one team has got a lot of inexperienced players and then a lot of older players, and the other team has got players at their peak. And mm -hmm. if you looked at the Greece game, it was even more like that. Nearly all their players were 28, 29. Their, their average age was three years older than ours, but... Yeah, and look. Oh, and the, you the facts and figures are there. I won't bore yeah, a lot you. Of facts, yeah. you a lot want, of figures. You want a pint of Biwadi, you don't want oil and water. Murphy, That's what you're saying. In yeah. Ken's defence, he did describe the incident for the Netherlands second goal yesterday, thus in his report today. No, I have read the one today. I do. Just the one on Saturday oh, I, I missed. Okay, Duffy got velociraptored by Veghorst. Yeah. I thought was well, the attack comes from the side. Nice. Yeah. Nice Clever word. girl. Clever girl. <laughs> very good. Very good. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. First of all, I'd like to welcome John Delaney here today. Trying to be critical as well being possible. Building a house, you build the foundations first, the chimneys at top, the chimney for us. It's international football. It's about to, to, to join the day, you know, um... uh, The pleasure, the entertainment, the organisation, the skills that you take to everybody is fantastic. But you don't have a chimney unless you've got a very strong foundation. So. Got an email in here from Damien Britton. It's time to go, is the subject line. Lads, please, no more defending of Stephen Kenny. It's time to go. No bullshit about letting him see out the group. It's time to go. He doesn't have a monopoly on nice football. Other managers can do it better. It's time to go. I like Stephen Kenny. I want this to work. It didn't. He's out of his depth. It's time to go. Regards from Damien. Is that actually Damien Britton or is that Damien Delaney writing in a... No, not, that's unfair, in a, man. In a, in, a, in, a, in a not very subtle pseudonym. Yeah, that's unfair, man. Cheap shot, no. Damien. Cheap shot. Yeah, it's not a good way to start a podcast at all. Ah, <laughs> I feel bad. Man. I, but this, the, the sentiment of what he says there, right? And Richie's here as well. How are you, Richie? How are you, lads? Should we just bite the bullet now or 
let Stephen Kenny see out the group. If you were in charge of the FAI, would you do what Damien uh, Britton here suggests and just end it now? Yeah, I, I mean, look, the, the, those discussions will be will be ha- happening. They'll be taking place, if not today, then in, in the coming days. So they need to work out the best way. Start putting a plan in place. Um, I think it feels like it needs a change. Um, in my in my own my own person, if I was involved in the discussions, I would my advice or my my take would be: it, it, we need to make a change because it's just kind now, of petering like, out. Yeah, you think let it let, make the change now? Yeah. I think make a change. Put somebody in term in charge. See out the group. Um, and when's it, when are we next back together after November? It's March, right? So we know September. So that's six months. Um, so you get a lot of time um, to 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 see to see who you want to put in place, the interview process, applicants, and what direction you want to go. Um, but I just feel like the way the game finished in the second half yesterday, um, I think it's probably about right. Yeah, Richie. It's time to go was the email. Yeah, I, I, I can't construct an argument against that anymore. Um, yeah. And like in that email, I was spending a lot of my time over the last three years in, on this podcast in RTE, um, le- leading with the kind of mitigating factors or, or trying to look at the wider context or allow the conversation to go somewhere other than the dugout. So forget Stephen for a moment and you look elsewhere. And we've gone all through all the, all the reasons, no point to rehash them, but... I think now we're at the point where we know, I'll say for absolute certainty, Stephen isn't going to get a new contract. There can't be a conversation internally in the FAI where somebody is still proposing that. So I assume they're obviously not going to confirm this or say this publicly in any statement, but I assume conversations have been had already. I assume if anyone is on the shortlist, if anyone has privately or off the record made their interest known to anyone within the FAI, I assume those conversations have been followed up on through third parties or whatever. So the FAI will be privy to information we're not. I don't know if there's a huge amount of benefit in letting them go if they don't have anyone to replace them. Um, if there's a financial cost. But I, I think that there's another thing. I just think I looked at Stephen's interview last night. It's taken a toll on this fella. I think just think yeah, taking a toll and losing taking a toll. Imagine sacking him taking a toll when he doesn't even finish out the contract. Yeah, and that's a, and that's a big thing. I mean, we're saying is there are there any arguments to keep him on? One is just a bit of dignity. Yeah, what about what about human decency? Allow the man to finish out his next few games, which aren't going to have a major bearing one way or the other, rather than some interim coming in. Damien. Completely, completely with you here, Owen. I mean, Jamie, is there not an argument at this point that it doesn't really make any difference? You know, who's in charge for the last couple of games of the group? There's a small chance of a playoff, which obviously would be a big game. But very, in that case, chance, yeah. but if they got a playoff, would it, would it not be? I mean, he's he's actually contracted until the end of any playoff, until the end of the Euros campaign. Basically, is what the contract is. So, you know, if he had managed to get there, would it be not very cruel and harsh to finish him off just as the payoff might be about to happen? But like, okay, so first of all, you wouldn't have to pay him off. You could just. Just no, I mean, I mean the pay. Uh, what, what I meant, what I mean there is the payoff for his for his for the work. You the know, for three, of three his years work. of building. We might something might be about to come together here, but now we're going to snuff you out. Well, something. I mean, what indicates something's going to come together? Can I like? There's nothing. You know, he's been talking about that for two or three years. It's going to come together. It's going to come together. It, it never does. Um, it, it, I don't think it will either. I just think for the sake of of everybody, you know, the fans, the the thing that he, the the future. Just make the change. Put somebody in term in charge. Uh, you know, ask Damien Duffy wants to take it 
to, 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 to see out till March and then we could put an interim, you know, take the next group of windows. Um, something along those lines would be the way I'm looking. And I agree with Richie, you know, he might need it for his own benefit as well. He looked shot last mm. night um, in the interviews. Um, he, he did. He looked re- like it really to take a toll on him. It's like a man that knows it's coming. So why not just put somebody in, rejuvenate it? The same way when, the same rejuvenation Stephen brought with him when, when he replaced Mick, you know, and, and Stephen did do a lot of good. You know, he talked about blooding players and he definitely, you know, piqued the interests of the Irish public and got the Irish back interested and, and enthusiastic about the national team, you know, when he came in. It hasn't worked out. So we need to go in a different direction now. I'm not saying we need to scrap the the plan of of, of what Stephen was doing and go back to like a Giovanni Trapattoni type. Not at all. We just stay on the same path. We get somebody in, somebody new, somebody that can do it. Um, and I just think an interim just buys everybody a little bit of time. Um, and maybe Stephen can, or uh, Stephen goes, the interim comes in. Maybe they go and beat Greece and Dublin, and all of a sudden we do end up finishing third in the group. But at the moment, I don't think that, you know, it's it, 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 it's been good. I don't think it's been good enough. I think the group's been pretty poor. It's been, um, you know, even going back to last night's game, just getting involved, you know, um, and this is the reason why I think you should go, is because we spoke the last time over the Greece game about, you know, the, the tactical deficiencies and the way that Greece got on top of us. Well, last night I saw the same thing. You know, as soon as the second half started, I promise you, me and Richard Dunn were sitting in the studio having a cup of tea, watching the game, and after two minutes, I said to Donny, I goes, something's different. I said straight away, I said, they look different. I goes, they look better. What are they doing? And by 49 minutes, we'd figured it out. They'd gone to Fort in the back. They'd gone to two sitters with De Jong and Reinders. They'd gone to Chavi in the 10, and they'd gone to Gakbo, Vegors, and Malin up front. And they narrowed them off. The Greeks did it different. The Greeks widened their wide men, which pinned our wing backs in. What they did is they narrowed off their front three, and they essentially went three for three against our centre backs. And they put their wide players, Gakbo and Malin, on the outside of our centre backs. As a centre back, trust me, you would shit yourself if someone went three for three up against you you would like, you know, you would just go, oh, I'm not comfortable at all here. Like, you look at Inter Milan, the way they play it with Bastoni and Serbi, they're happy to go three for three. They're happy to release their wing-backs. We kind of go, oh, my God. And all of a sudden, we dropped off a little bit. All of a sudden, our wing-backs deepened a little bit and they started getting a hold in midfield. And once they got a hold, right, the game turned. They just, and then they got their goal and then that was it. So what I'm saying to you is, like, after 49 minutes, I saw that we're doing, as a manager, you have to react like you, visually, you could see there was a different Dutch team coming the second half. And as a manager, you have to react. And somebody has to be either upstairs, whoever's on the earpiece, needs to be going down, going, this is what they've done, Stephen. We need to, like, adjust here. And again, similar to what we did in the Greek, what I said about the Greek game, you know, go in a defensive position, narrow off and, uh, and, and soak it up. And then Stephen makes a move. Then maybe he can make a change um, uh, tactically that would give us the upper hand, you know, and then you're forcing Koeman to react. Those type of scenarios take place. And listen to the interviews after the game. Adam Eder came out and Adam Eder said it. If you listen to his interview, he said uh, the, the Dutch changed their formation at half time and we didn't cop it. Yeah. And I'm kind of going, that was very telling to me. I was yeah. kind of going, is it up to the players to cop that? After like, you know, they knew straight away. Like they figured out after two or three minutes as well, something's different. They've done something different and they've gotten on top of us. He had to react there and it didn't happen until 72, 73 minutes. Yeah, yeah. There was a no, there was a no went on the pitch to Shane Duffy and the camera was on Shane Duffy and you saw Shane, Shane Duffy put up his left hand and go four. Took John Egan off. So we went to a flat back four. But by then the die was cast. It was done. You know what I mean? The Dutch had gotten their lead and they were in a good place and we were never wrestling back control of it. Stephen made changes and it was a little bit muddled for me. I was watching the changes coming on. I was kind of trying to figure out what we were doing. You know, it all got a little bit like, 
strange, you know, with Smallbone came on. I wasn't quite sure where who was playing where. It all got a little bit fast and a little bit kind of um, muddy the water a little bit for me. So that's what I'm saying to you, right? Mm-hmm. Those types of decisions. You say to me, we're on the verge of something, something good might happen. I don't see it. Because he got done again last night with Ronald Koeman. Like, ultimately, Koeman recognised his mistake that the way he came to play didn't suit the Dutch. We were on top of it. It was almost a man-for-man type thing. So I think formations were quite similar. And it was almost like a man-to-man. And we were the upper hand. And we were, you know, battling them. We were getting in their faces. And it was like, match up and let's, you know, um, get on top of the Dutch. But then you realise at a half time. But like, I will even go one step further. If you're on the Irish coaching team, you're sitting in the change room at half time. You got to be saying, "There's not a chance in hell that they're going to come out and do that again." So we need to be ready. All right, everyone, be on their toes. Something's happening. Absolutely. As soon as you come out with the dugout, you see there's two subs waiting to come on, Reinders and Vegas. Straight away, like you'd be going, "Okay, they're doing something. What are we going to do?" You have to be. Everybody has to be in sync with that to be ready. And we didn't react. And it's those little differences, those little nuances that is why I don't think we will ever tactically get on top of a team. The only way we'll get on top of a team is like what the Dutch did yesterday, where they come and we get on top because of our formation suits us. But we never really, you know, as soon as they change, we don't react. Ken, what would you do? Like the question well, no, at the start was... of this conversation was like it, it, the email about it's time to go. And there yeah. was a chat about do we do it now? Do we do it at the end? Is, is anyone in this chat of a view that we shouldn't replace him. Well, no, I mean, I think... Are you? What, I what's... think what Damien was saying there is exactly accurate. Like, exactly what I thought was happening. And, and it's, there's a couple of interesting things coming out about, like, in terms of, first of all, the question arises, what should what should Kenny... Have, there's, there's three questions that occurred to me, Damien, actually, when... First of all, you said, is that on the players to react? Well, to some extent, maybe it is. And I think we've got quite an inexperienced... Oh, that's a... Team. That's a... That's a mad, like, sorry, Ken, that's... Like, like, that's, like I, I'm with you. Yeah. But unless you have a supremely, uh, like, uh, ultimate leader, like a guy who is capable of taking that on his shoulders and recognising, you know, what's happening there and going, okay, this ain't right. And he like, narrow... You, you, the experience you'd want to have for that and the balls that you'd want to have for that. Yeah, and we don't, say, we, oh, don't have, have, we don't have we don't, players we don't who, have who are that. experienced. We've, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of younger players. But, um, so, so yeah, the manager has to, the manager has to lead that. And his reaction was slow. And his description of what was happening was actually a bit different. He Unbelievable. Made, well done, Ken. Yeah, Come on. I know he, where you're going with so, this. So, so he, he talked about uh, Doherty getting pinned back by, by Cody, yeah. Cody Gakpo. Yeah. But I was, yeah. I thought the, the change was they went to a four yeah. and they, and, and exa- as you said, the, the uh, the forwards came in narrow, and then they had the fullbacks uh, providing yeah. providing the width, and it wasn't really it wasn't really Gakpo. So so I, I uh, there's there's the fact that he didn't react, and then there's yeah. the fact that I wasn't sure he understood. Yeah, or, I, I thought the same thing, Ken. When it, when when he when he did his interview after the game, and he said that he goes, oh, they made a change. They pushed their wing back Gakpo high and wide to pin Doherty in. And I actually I actually said because oh, I was watching it after the, the the interview after the game, and I said to myself. He still didn't. He still doesn't see it. Mm. I goes. He's got. He, he still hasn't seen it. So if he's not seen it after the game, there's not a cat in hell's chance that he saw it during the game. Now I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe give him the benefit of the doubt there that he's misspoke or like it was just. But I thought he said it a couple of times. It, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I went. Oh my god! He still didn't see it. He still didn't clock. They went to a flat back four. So mm. like that's worrying, Ken. The other issue is what what is the right move there for? Like just I mean we're reliving the game at this point, but if. Uh, Holland do that what can Ireland actually do do we have a response that might that might work I mean obviously the goal may or may not happen in any in any circumstance 
But I mean, what's the what should Stephen Kenny be doing at that point? Straight straight away, and the same with the Greek game. When something like that happens, right, and you're getting a little bit of a tailspin, your first move match them up, right. So just whatever they did, just do what they did. Mirror their formation because that simplifies everything for the players. Because no, it's man for man again, right? And all of a sudden, no, the confusion is stopped, right? So if we go back to a flat back four, and um, you know our wide players can take care of Dumfries, our full backs can tuck in, and now we've got four against three. So you've got two centre backs, two full backs against the narrowed off Dutch front three. So all of a sudden, it's like a boxer when he's under pressure falls back on the ropes and covers up. Right. And just absorbs a little bit and then catches his breath. And then he, right. And then he goes again. It's the same thing. Right. I mean, that's pretty stock. I mean, you want to be like, I mean, you're talking like the elite, the elite there to switch and go to something else. But that's something that's even far beyond my comprehension where I'm kind of going, you know. But the ultimate one for me would be match them up, cover up in the ropes, absorb it, nullify them getting the momentum they were getting. Right. And then after five minutes, switch. You put a formation in place. Go back to the uh, an original formation, or go three up front. Stick it back on their toes. I said last night on, on our show. I said I've played in games with, especially foreign managers. You know, Portuguese. They'll switch formation two or three times in in a half. Like they'll swap it because they're trying to gain the upper hand, and that's why you're swapping formations because you're trying to gain the upper hand. You want to gain the lion's share of the ball. You want to get a foothold of the game. But every time he switches, the opposition will switch. And sometimes, and you see it. With, I remember last year it was a game Chelsea played. Uh, Tottenham the, the handshake one I remember watching that and I was because I was working that game and I was confused I didn't know what anyone was doing because I think the both managers were swapping like every 10 minutes it was it was kind of um, a really interesting game It'd be a good test case to go back and watch and just see what they were all trying to achieve but ultimately that's what you do and I said the same thing against Greece but I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I actually forgot about that I meant to bring it up in the pod- podcast about the, what he said about Gakpo that's worrying like absolutely that nobody still even said it to him after the game that they didn't go to a three, Stephen. They went to a four. Anyway, sorry, go on. No, there's a lot going on here, Rich. I want to come back to a question you asked Ken there. I'll construct an argument that he shouldn't be sacked. I think when you're saying you're constructing an argument, do you fully believe in what you're saying? Listen, I've got to put it to you. It's a word I used earlier and we just glossed over it because the conversation went a different way. Dignity. I'd like to see Stephen Kenny finish out this reign with a little bit of dignity. He ha- it hasn't got to the point where he's been massively booed off by the fans yet although the PA as we mentioned earlier might have done him a bit of a favour yesterday there's only a few games left we're not qualifying anyway I don't really know what an interim manager is supposed to do in those matches or how beneficial it is to have one in there Stephen Kenny is is, everyone would say has has tried his best has done his best has taken over the team at a difficult time between COVID and various other issues there's just so much shit in football these days as it is the thought of doing another podcast later on this week or early next week or whatever it is a Stephen Kenny is sacked podcast is grimming me out quite a lot I think that's that's my basic argument bit of respect forget about me it's not about me it's about Stephen Kenny bit of respect and a bit of dignity for Stephen Kenny and like I, you know I, I could override those sort of woolly notions if there was a really concrete uh, positive to, to and a real definite plan of who's coming in in two weeks time but short of that plan existing I would say let them let the man see it out. Uh, uh, yeah, so yes, we are short in detail about what the actual alternatives the FAI are considering, whether it's somebody for interim, whether they've already lined up or have had conversations with someone who'll take it. Well, that's almost never happened. I mean, I, in I the mean, history of okay, football, I, I don't remember thing. this ever happening quickly. It normally goes on for months. Okay, but the thing about manager. dignity, first of all, I, I don't think we should prioritise the personal needs of Stephen over the greater need of Irish football or the players yeah. or the supporters or the importance of 
importance in, in very loose terms how the next couple of games go Mm. I, I think we have for a long long time and I've done this I'm not pointing the finger at anyone else we've prioritised Stephen's needs it's you know he needs more time he needs time to find a formation to find players he needs to give more debuts he didn't have any crowds watching him in the early stages he was dealing with Covid up, um, uh, upheaval yeah. um, yada 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 I, I, I don't think like this is the senior national team like it, it's not enough to say listen I think just let's be kind to him. And I don't know if actually the kind thing is to, to keep putting him out in front of the media, trying to answer questions the way he does, knowing the answers he's going to give. The noise, whatever you think it is now, I, I, I don't think it just quietens over the next couple of games. I think if the FAI stand by him for argument's sake or yeah. come out with a statement saying he's our man, the noise is only going to get louder. Think, There's no dignity in that. I don't think sacking him is ever going to be the kinder option, though. So you're saying no, no, kind of, no. You sorry, you're 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 putting on the table here the notion of dignity. What yeah. what's the best thing for Stephen's dignity? What's the best thing for him? It's I don't think that's him, enough of a right. need. That that's yeah. it, it's not about him anymore. It can't be too much of the conversations over the last three years. And I've done it. We've all done it. Has been let's talk about Stephen. Should we stick with Stephen? Should we let Stephen go? What what about Stephen? So it, it, he's dominated things too much. Step away from what Stephen needs are whatever his is, is what's going on in his mind. He's not good enough to keep that team beyond this campaign. I'm not saying, the only question I, I'm not is, saying for example, what an interim manager is necessarily going to achieve or what the point of one is. If it was, if it was as simple as, yeah, prioritising Stephen over the good, good of Irish football, I would agree with you. That That is too woolly. But I don't really Dignity see it Dignity is a woolly that. word as well. It, it, it is, you know, but it's just, it's just so much, like I'm saying, so much shit in football and just so many podcasts we do. So many conversations we have, just. But I, I don't think ma- this would be make, a sh- make me sad, and this would be another one. <laughs> I, it would. Like, so to be honest, like, in last night, in last night's post-match chat, it was the most uncomfortable and like squeamish I've been in any conversation about a change of manager. I, I, I didn't have any emotional attachment to Trapattoni's era. Martin O'Neill won likewise he was a fairly prickly fella I, a lot of his dealings with players I, I don't think he had the passion for the job that fragments like Stephen has last night I felt uncomfortable sitting there saying mm. with kind of real clarity in my head there's no there's no waffly word there to me anymore it's, it's time now he's run out of road and I felt uncomfortable because I know what the job means for him I know what I wanted him to do in the job when he first got it but we're at the point now where his face no longer fits it, it's just it's it doesn't fit. So I don't think it's, to use your word, I don't think this is a shit thing. This isn't a shitty move in football to, to sack him. It's an, something that's inevitably going to happen. He's very soon going to be the former Ireland manager, whether that is happening next week or in November. I don't think the word shit comes into it at all. The other it's argument, going to happen. The other argument is obviously the players and the level of players he's working with. Mark Stain's emails in. I've got one for you as well, Richie. When Ireland were picking this group, there were some certainties in my mind. France are better than us, Netherlands are better than us, and Greece are better than us. That leaves <laughs> us as the fourth best team, so our expectation should be to finish fourth. Now, as I sit here watching RTE after Ireland have been beaten, this is after the France game, I'm watching the pundits give out about how we're failing as a nation here, how Stephen Kenny is failing. Richie's one of my favourite pundits, but I really do have to question his level of expectation for this group. Maybe on my own, I believe we should sell 
celebrate the entire change of players as success, how we're building a team from scratch and a team that can improve for years to come. What's success in regards results? Most will ask. Well, for me, I don't expect to qualify for this Euros or the following World Cup. Let's qualify for 2028. And that's how I will judge this group. So, I mean, Mark has really <laughs> given Stephen Kenny all the dignity in the world or, or, or very little. Yeah, I, 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 I think I said on air, I expected us to lose against France. I said before the game last night, I didn't expect us to even get a draw last night before this group. I didn't expect us to finish in the top two. But like I said last night, there's a difference between finishing third because you've missed out on finishing second or finishing third because you've just narrowly avoided finishing fourth. That's the height of our ambition now is to scrape above Greece, probably go to a head-to-head at best if we can beat them at home. Like, Damien's gone through the tactical stuff. You can talk about... I, do you know, I, I mean, fine hard. Like, keep this about results because in the last three years, the culture of the senior team now has been about a discussion other than results. We, we've tried to pitch an argument that actually results is a secondary thing here. So the debuts, the emerging players, the new formation, the new manager, the new culture, the new, um, the way in which the whole world will see us and we want to change it. Fuck all that now. Just fuck it all, right? We're a senior national team playing a qualifier for a World Cup and we're in no one's conversation about will we be there or not because we're not going anywhere near the damn thing or for the Euros. Mm. So that has to matter. Like that email there, fair enough, we talk about expectations and everything else, but... We have to talk about results. And that's the one consistent in Stephen's reign is when it matters, we don't get the results we're looking for. Yeah. And yes you, can talk yeah, about, yeah, yeah. yes, you can talk about France and the Netherlands, but look at the list of competitive games we've played. Not a lot of them are top tier teams. And in kind of 21 out of 26, we fail to win. Damien? You have, you have to have expectations in life. And by the sounds of that email there, like it just seems like he's throwing a toll in. So why bother? Why not just withdraw from men's international football? When did when did Greece become like better than us? Because when the draw was made, we all went, "Ooh, that's a good one. We could finish third. Well, maybe when they and, won, you know, a, we, maybe when they won a Euros. And we've never won. Yeah, that. I know. But I mean, recently they've been off awful. Like until Gus Poy had this this um, this run. I mean, you watched it last night. They can't even fill their own stadium. That's how disinterested the, the Greek public are. And um, I read an article on that a few weeks ago. Well, this that, is like, for their former they, European champions. They expect better than the, this current team. Yeah. The Greeks, the Greeks, they, you know, they've they've won the European Championships. They've got teams in the Champions League. You know, they're they're they've got they're they're a bigger country than us as well. I mean, they've they've kind of got. But where in, was in all, every, where was all this area. talk when the draw was made? Like, it's very easy to say that afterwards when they've absolutely like wiped the over us. Yeah. But like, there's, nobody said that when the draw was made. We all went, "Ooh, Greece, that's a good one." They're not playing well recently. Um, you know, the, the the country looks disenfranchised with the with the the the, the senior team. Um, geez, that's a good one. We can beat them twice, home and away, and that finished third. And we might nick something off the Dutch. And by the way, last night it was a free shot of the Dutch. We like they they weren't interested in the game in the first half. You could see it. We were on top of them, but we let them off the hook. And the reason we let him off the hook is Kuman reacted quicker and made better decisions, and he he won that game for his team last night. Yeah. Whereas we didn't. We let it be road. Um, yeah. So like just back to, to the expectations thing there on that email. I mean, it doesn't sound like he has any expectations. He's just accepted that we're we're useless. And at that rate, we're going to be a pot five team soon, and we're going to be down with the likes of Gibraltar in in their in their group in their pot. Like we have to set the bar high because as soon as we we don't, then like you're only going to go one way. We have to set the bar that we should be qualifying. No, it might take a long time to get there, but if we don't believe we can get there, then what chance have anyone got? That means we're all going, ah, we're not going to qualify to 2028. What do we know, 2023? So five years of what? Just like freebies. Nah, I'm not having that, man. No way. If you stop believing in yourself and you lower the bar, then you've got no chance. 
have to have expectations in life otherwise you might as well just not get out of bed in the morning but even Stephen's own comment and like there's a repetition now with what he says before games and after games but before games he will talk with real positivity and kind of bullishness about his belief in the players and their ability to get the result that's about to be required he will always say that he believes and he's really really positive we'll go out and we'll play and we won't get the result we were there to get and he will speak with positives about the things other than the result and, and that, that's just in loop. We're in that loop. We're going to run around on a little hamster wheel now for three years with that. And there comes a point where that has to start. You've got to evolve from that to being a team that, I think Didi used the phrase, what a phrase he used, but we, we find a way of managing to lose no matter what game we're playing. Yeah. Um, the, the, so home, away, top tier, average team, lowly ranked teams, full stadium, empty stadium, end of group game, start a group game. The, the, there's no, the, there's no, quirky little scenario where we always manage to fall short we just generally fall short all the time and we have a manager who'll come out then and kind of say okay the result is there but let's all look over here let's look somewhere else other than the result and I've done it too because I think it was the correct approach like he didn't like, let's he won one game in his first 16 in charge and it was a friendly against Andorra mm. the first Nations League campaign, campaign he won no games the World Cup qualifiers was over after two games and he announced that that actually wasn't qualification actually wasn't in his remit it wasn't what he was here to do he was here to prepare for Euro 2024 his words the last Nations League campaign I remember going back and forth with Liam on air Liam was like we've seen enough he's got to go so I've been saying all the things that being patient being tolerant being look at the bigger picture acknowledge who we are blah 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 but you can't do that indefinitely because yeah. it, it's actually it's condescending towards Stephen it's patronising we've never done this with any other manager We've never ever said, yeah, but look, we, we passed the ball well. Or, or our margins of defeat are consistently low. So yeah. let's be upbeat about I, that. I, We've I never agree. done that. I agree that, that at some point there has to be like an accountability for the results. You know, you have to, you, you have to accept that. Like you can't just keep losing and losing and everyone just turns up next week and it's the same. Someone's got to go. Like that's how it works, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> Someone's it sounds go. harsh, but that's the, yeah, that's the gig. That's that's true. But I still I still don't totally agree. Like the, I mean, you mentioned the hamster wheel. We've only been on this hamster wheel for three years. We were on the previous hamster wheel for for twenty years, right? I mean, the if we if we get into a mindset where the results are the only thing that matter, then that's how you end up with Martin O'Neill. Or, that's unfair, Ken. You can't go. You can't go. Like we're not saying that. Like well, that, you, you, you end, know, up, we, end we, up. We we write off. We, we write off. Martin O'Neill or or Trapattoni. Trapattoni. Okay, that, bo, that's that's bo, that's bo, like Trapattoni. Both of him got not, us. Both of him got us to major. Trapattoni didn't bring Seamus Coleman to that major tournament because he thought that at twenty five he's he's a kid who can't be trusted. Right now, that's that. That's what you end up with. You end up with a team. But the flow, so why, the flow, the flow, the flow with this argument, the flow with the premise of what you're saying is there's two managers in world football. One which is the results yeah. only and forget entertainment and be really ugly, but just get to tournaments. And the other one is, however, we're describing Stephen, which is presumably non-result issues are pleasing, but you just don't get the results. Well, well the, 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 the thing I would say, he's do, what he's doing here is he has he has played much younger teams that a manager who was thinking, if I don't get the results, I'm going to be sacked, would do, right? He, he, is, he has taken a view that if I do this, 
the, the results might not be good for a while, but I, I think he was hoping that the payoff was going to come. In this campaign. Yeah, yeah I think that's what I said. That, that, was, yeah. that was the whole thing. We all were. And I, and I, yeah, and it, we were and all it hasn't worked. But I still think it was worth doing, and I still think that payoff might be in the post. It's just not going to be Stephen Kenny who's picking it up. But we, if we get into the mindset of it has to be results and basically, then that's, no, that's, we're that's not. when, we're that's not when not you get like that. a Damien go on. We're not, no, no one's getting into that mindset because that seems to be argument. There's two arguments to run out here. I hear all the time. Sure. If Stephen goes, who do we get? Like the fact that you can't find anyone isn't reason to keep someone else in charge. You know, you, you need to bite the bullet, and move on, and somebody might come along, or you will find somebody. There's plenty of people out there who can do it. I've said con- consistently from the start that if Stephen goes, it doesn't mean we rehire Trapattoni and we go, ah, oh, well, we had to go at that. And there seems to be like, you know, scar tissue, mental scar tissue from people like from from you know previous experiences where they're kind of going, oh, I'm not going back to that. Absolutely, like no way. Right, we don't have to. We're on the right path. Stephen just isn't the man to take us down that path. The next person that come in might get more out of us. Now, I'm not saying the next person that comes in is going to get us to a major tournament. The next person that comes in has to get better results against the teams around us and the teams ranked lower than us. That's where Stephen has fell down. I'm not saying Stephen should lose his job because he lost to France and 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 the Netherlands. Absolutely not. Like they're nothing games for us. I mean, if we get something great. But he can't have the run of results that he's had. He can't keep making the same mistakes over again. I think when we went to France and and um, on the other week I, uh, and the uh, first half against uh, the Netherlands last night, if we'd have set up against Qatar, Bulgaria, Finland, Azerbaijan, Armenia, there's probably about four or five other teams. If we'd have set up like that and paid them their due respect, right, and set up to go, we're not going to concede and we're going to mix it up. We're going to go off the front, tell Bazunu just to shell it up to Adamida. Instead, he went down the route of Troy Park, Will Smallbone, made the pitch big, played at their tempo, a naivety or an arrogance possibly where he went, we're a footballing team, we're going to go out there, that's Armenia, we're better than Armenia and we're going to play football. Right, and he got caught, and he got caught bad, and he never paid them their due respects. Okay, but when he sets up against the likes of Portugal, uh, Netherlands, France, we give them the due respect. We don't mind dropping into a low box, covering up, counterattacking, and when we get a chance to play, we're going to play. We're going to keep it at our own in our own half. And the statistics from the France game were like you know three hundred and twenty odd passes, and about two hundred of those were in our own half. Right, so in terms of passes in the opposition half, I mean, so when you talk about passing stats. We're not bad, but we're not bad when the French let you have it. I mean, Richie, me and Richie could still play if the fans drop into their own half and let us have the ball. But playing under pressure and playing in traffic, that's where the money is, right? So what I'm saying is, like, the, the choice is a manager to come in and play football and get results. But you have to pay the teams, the greases of this world, Armenia. I will never forget the Armenia away performance. The absolute, and again, I'm going to use the word naivety or arrogance. I'm not sure which one it is. Neither of them are good, right? But we went to Armenia and the pace and the tempo that we played at they Armenia dropped into a low block and our centre-backs played three at the back and they had no one up front because their number nine dropped in on our number six and our three centre-backs just stood there passing it to each other and our wing-backs and the pace and tempo we played at was exactly what they wanted why did we not set up and say listen let's start at a high tempo get balls up to Ida get balls into Ogbene let's get down the sides get crosses in the box we'll get one or two goals on the on, on, on the score sheet and then we'll play our football and then we'll take them apart and then we'll all have the nice football but we didn't and I don't know if that was naivety or arrogance right and that's the bit where he's let himself down right that is hugely uh, a huge mistake from his point of view because he should have went and taken care of those games. And if he went and t- took care of those games and he had five or six more wins under his belt, we tolerate performances like last night. We tolerate the France game. 
You know, we go, ah, it's not our business. And on top of that, too, because he wrote off games, you said there, Ken, that, you know, results weren't important. It's all about building. Well, by the way, there's something called coefficiency. And if you write off games of football, your coefficient is going to drop. So you are always, Dan McDonald did an, an article when the draw was made and he was hit the nail on the head. He said that you always leave yourself open to the possibility that you end up in a draw like that when you write off games like against um, Luxembourg and, and, and those teams that we played because your coefficient drops. So if he'd have taken care of the Nations League, by the way, we should have taken it seriously because you look, there's a route into the actual major tournament. Oh no, I think I think we I think we did take it seriously. I mean, he, he was talking about how, how we were going to win the Nations League before we started and then we, then we immediately... But you just, but you said there, that, like, there's a period you just said there earlier there's a period of like um, oh well you know results aren't important it's all about development and we're trying to change the style well the, na- the Nations League ways. was like his, his third his third sort of separate campaign I mean he started with the, there was the playoff there was a Nations League World Cup qualifiers another Nations League and now your qualifiers so it's kind of been four full campaigns more or less at this stage and the Nations League was a certain I think that like the Nations League was a, was a real mess for Ireland and it's the reason we're probably not going to get a playoff is you know there is our terrible performance in in that? Uh, there's an old there's an old saying of football: evolution, not revolution. And I think Stephen's fallen into the trap of revolution. And I think he's gone into the job, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, on the crest of a wave. Everybody loves him. There's a wave of enthusiasm. He's promised us everything. It's like a politician coming in, promising the opposite of what the last guy did, right? And everyone goes, like, Barack Obama in 2012. You know, yes, we can. And everyone went, oh, my God, we love it. In reality, nothing changed. Well, you know? he was the um, president before that as well. He took over. Say again, sorry. It was he was taking over from himself in that election. Oh no, from when George Bush. What was it? When did he come? Anyway, two thousand eleven. What I'm saying is, it's it, it, the wave of emotion that he came in with. The wave of change is possible, and we're all. And that's what Stephen sold us. And everyone got behind him, and everyone was up in arms, going, "This is it." And he didn't deliver it. And I think he got caught up in it. And it should have been evolution, not revolution. He should have taken care of the games, shown those teams their due respect. And if we'd have shown them the due respect, not give them the opportunities that we gave them, we'd have won those games. You know, you think of the Luxembourgs and all those teams that I listed off. He should have just got those done and had nice bits of football. And he could have wrapped that up nicely. We won 2 0. Yeah, obviously, it wasn't pretty. I oh, know, but you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're learning how to play. But he didn't. He went in and just went, We're playing football. We're Ireland. I'm Stephen Kenny. And I don't care. And he got caught and he got caught bad and he's paying for that now. I think one of the things we have to push back against and it was kind of behind the question you just made or the statement you made, Ken, is this idea that deciding that Stephen isn't the man for the job or whether we sack him now or he sees out his deal or will we replace him? People are kind of conflating that decision with does this mean we're abandoning or rejecting or pushing back any of the things we liked about Stephen's approach in the job? Now, you can whittle that down to maybe he was a big promoter of possession football or passing the ball better or being less route one, playing youngsters and talking with positivity and belief about the players. There's absolutely no reason to believe that there isn't anyone else out there who can do all of those things, who have all those principles in how they're going to approach the job and will also be effective in terms of the central task, which is to be competitive and by that I mean picking up points and winning games and qualifying for tournaments so it's not this either or scenario of stick with Stephen who is about something other than the 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 the, the, the cynical or the, the simplistic or the the one dimensional stuff about did we outscore the opponents and the final whistle did we win and that's success like there there are loads of things we can measure progress and success on other than the result but just the conversation over the last three years we've been too quick to disregard the importance of results yeah. and I think that's that's would have been 
we, we can't continue to do that and consider ourselves a, a serious football nation if we're allowed the senior team if we're going to talk about them the way you might talk about a development team or an underage team we've got to win games and be at tournaments and if we accept this as the bar I, I, I think that's that's damning just on that point Damien about revolution not evolution well one thing revolution is a lot more exciting and I think that's why a lot of us got excited about Stephen Kenny at the start because he was talking like that and at least we felt like there's there's another way to play football here and as Ken alluded to earlier on maybe okay the revolution has ultimately probably failed certainly results wise but it could bear fruit we do now have a lot of young footballers in there who aren't afraid to pass the ball at international level aren't afraid to keep the ball against good opposition and if the right manager comes in on top of this maybe Stephen Kenny's legacy might be looked upon I know we're talking about him as though he's already gone which he's not but his legacy might be looked upon more fondly based on success in the next few years yeah, that's fair. I agree with you. I think he he did do an awful lot of good. He and I said that at the top of the show. I said he he, he rejuvenated, reinvigorated Irish support because at the back end of of mixed rain, I think there was genuine level of I suppose disinterest um, that you know are we stuck on this, this 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 way forever? And Stephen came in and he sold us a dream. It's just he didn't get it to bring it to fruition. But the next guy that comes in has to pick up the same ethos that Stephen had. But that guy would possibly, hopefully, be able to deliver it better. And that's that's all it is, you know. Um, that's 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 fair, I think. Who is that guy, by the way? You said there's plenty of people who can do it, but who, who is going to be the next Ireland? Oh, uh, look, that's an, that's an interview process. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't, I don't like. Well, you mentioned Duffer. You there. mentioned Duffer there but, as a, as an interim manager. But, if Damien Duff comes in as an interim manager and beats Greece at home, he's the per- next permanent manager. It's the whole soul scar effect at Man United. Oh, yeah. Regardless of a lack of, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see the bad idea. Like off the top, no, it might make a serious thought too. But I mean, if you're if you're in the room, then you obviously have a list of candidates and you've spoken to people and you found out who's interested, who's not. We've no idea what's going on behind the scenes. If you were behind the scenes, you'd have you'd, you'd have a list. But like, I just think that you know, you know, Damien Duff already has a job, you know, but just. Give it to him for the next three games. You know, he might, you know, obviously we've Greece. Uh, it's a Greece first and Gibraltar second. Yeah. So, like, you know, he might come in and Duffer with a, a, a you know, new manager bounce. We might beat Greece, beat Gibraltar, and all of a sudden we're going to Holland um, in, in November and you might get something. All of a sudden he's picked up a few points. We finished third in the group. Um, and you've a manager that's kind of speaking to the press with the, the the, the correct levels really and everyone's kind of going oh yeah because you listen to Duffer when he's he's at, at Shells I mean he's doing a great job there so I'm just saying that's a name I'm not saying like he, he probably doesn't want it or he might say I have no interest in that I'm happy in my Shells job I don't know I don't know if he'd be able to combine the two or not would he be able to take the national team for for, for, for games but I'm just talking about just to buy time till March and I know we've a playoff in March, but even if we get the playoff it's like horrific right I mean we'd be like not seeded and we'd be away from home um, so I don't think that it's like a shot of like oh we might get Slovenia at home and if we beat them we'd be in the Euros we'd have a couple of games to play am I right? Yeah I think you, you got to go through two two rounds of playoffs of rounds, yeah. Yeah. and we're not seeded right and we'd be the away team Is that, am I right in saying that? I mean like we've got very little chance of getting through a playoff which we've got very little chance of of getting coming through yeah. yeah so I mean like you know you, 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 you get an interim manager in place and then you buy yourself six months and then you can thoroughly go through the interview process and the new manager whoever it may be gets a chance to have a look at the team and then he comes in and if there's a playoff in March there's not if not we start with a clean slate Richie last word I think it might sound premature to start talking about Stephen's legacy because he's still in the job but I think his legacy will be looked upon 
in the way a lot of his reign has been looked upon. There will be people who look at him and promote the fact that he started a lot of youngsters, emer- like began a lot of young players' international careers who may go on and do a lot for this country. We had loads of moments where we started to believe we were going to become something different and more exciting and that can't be taken away. And there's others who'll turn around and go, look at the win ratio. But I don't think there's any shame in getting to the point where he gave it his all and he's just not at the level required for the job. Okay. Richie, Damien, great chat. Thanks a million. Cheers, yeah, lads. So, Fita asked that question. Pretty strange. Yeah, very disappointed, yeah, but there you go. What have I become? My sweetest friend. I mean, at the time I thought that you were completely in the right. Everyone I know. But now I think. Goes away. She just played in, just played in. I'm surprised you're really asking that question. And you could have it all. No, but it doesn't matter really what you think. My empire of dirt. Yeah, you weren't there at the time. I will let you down. You want a, an international player. I will make you hurt. And you hadn't had the frustrations I had. If I could start again. You've not played at the international level. A million miles away. And you hadn't been accused of taking an injury, so I will keep myself. What you think doesn't really matter. I would find a way. Well, that was an intense Stephen Kenny chat. Thanks again to Richie and to Damien. Send your emails in if you have any thoughts. Editor at secondcaptains.com. No one suggested Vera Pau. Well, we didn't exactly go through... Uh, it was in my head as we were talking. I mean, it is sort of disrespectful bo- to go through like, yeah. a big, long list of potential Yeah, we've, got, we've got time to do that, you know. It's going to be a long one. Hervé Renard, anyone? Yeah, exactly. Maybe we need a white witch doctor. Is that what we're calling him? Well, I, I mean, it has been... He has been called that. Evolution, not revolution, Ken. <laughs> evolution, not revolution. Oh, yeah. Well, you see, this is, is the this thing. a play on Evan Ferguson? Richie, Richie's no, hamster wheel, you know. Yeah, we need to we need to remember the hamster wheels of the past. There were two reigns of terror, if we but would but remember it and consider it. The one wrought murder in hot passion, the other in heartless cold blood. The one lasted mere months, the other had lasted a thousand years. The one inflicted death upon ten thousand persons, the other among a hundred millions. But our shudders are all for the horrors of the minor terror, the momentary terror, so to speak. Whereas, what is the horror of swift death by the axe compared with lifelong death from hunger, cold, insult, cruelty, and heartbreak? What is swift death by lightning compared with death by slow fire at the stake? A city cemetery could contain the coffins filled by that brief terror which we have all been so diligently taught to shiver at and mourn over. But all of France could hardly contain the coffins filled by that older and real terror that unspeakably bitter and awful terror which none of us has been taught to see in its vastness or its pity as it deserves. That was a pretty good Stephen Kenny press conference. Is that from Shaun of the Dead? <laughs> no. It's a Mark Twain talking about he was obviously he was a revolution not evolution guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, evolution is just another word for nothing is really happening. <laughs> you know, we're just playing out time. Uh, whereas, you know, so all I'm saying is Are you saying give it big Sam till end of season? No. Oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> Although, you know, 
No, That's I'm a revolution. I would say Big Sam did, is a revolution. He nearly did. You nearly yeah. talked him into that one. No, I mean, I like Big Sam, but I don't want him to promote the Ireland team. That's it for today's podcast. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Kira. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Mark Twain. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you would consider signing up to the Second Captain's World Service, which is, of course, part of the ACAST Creator Network. If you become a member, you hear all episodes ad-free, and you can do it on secondcaptains.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.